This week's special one-year anniversary episode of the Berman Hour podcast is proudly sponsored by our friends at New Wave, who are bringing us Flow State Coffee, coffee for creativity. It is coffee that is blended with raw cacao and L-theanine to help you not go fucking crazy in these crazy times. I added that to the copy. That's not what the copy said. L-theanine is an odorless and tasteless amino acid that is in the coffee that helps, naturally helps, reduce stress and anxiety. And when mixed with that caffeine that's in the coffee, it sets you right. sets your brain into an optimal performance mode where you can stay focused on the task at hand and get done what you need to get done without the shakes and jitters and increased heart rate that often comes with too much caffeine. So if you're caffeine sensitive like I am and if you have just that extra half a cup or extra cup and you go from feeling really good to thinking, oh my God, I'm going to fucking die because I had too much caffeine, you're not going to get that with Flow State Coffee from New Wave. That's really the best thing I can say. I've been doing this for almost a year with New Wave, and that's as honest as I'll get, is that it won't make you think that you're going to die like other coffees do because they're too strong. So give it a try, right? What's the worst that can happen? I guarantee you'll love it. Go to N-O-O-W-A-V-E dot C-O slash B-E-R-M-A-N. One more time, N-O-O-W-A-V-E dot C-O slash B-E-R-M-A-N and get 10% off your order of New Wave's Flow State Coffee. All right, let's start the podcast. Let's get it. Hello and welcome to the Berman Hour podcast. I am your host, Jeff Berman. It's only fitting that I have my wife, my very pregnant wife, my very lovely pregnant wife, as my guest because we're celebrating not our one-year anniversary. No, we've been married for a few years at this point. Two, three, we got married in 2018, so yeah, three years, right? Yeah, that math adds up. Yikes. Anyway, she was my first guest on the Berman Hour podcast last year on her birthday, which was May 2nd, and it was an idea that I had earlier that morning at about 3 in the morning where I thought, I'm going to start interviewing people that I know that are doing really cool things, ordinary people doing extraordinary things as a way to pass the time, as a way to build some new connectivity at the beginning of this quarantine time, and what better person than to interview than my best friend and the love of my life, my lovely wife, Kate Warwick, who does some really tremendous heart under the name The Art Amateur. So be sure to check that out as well. Now, I wanted to have her back as my anniversary guest, but she, you know, dragged her feet. She was hesitant because she's very pregnant and she very much has pregnancy brain, her words, not mine. And (laughs) she didn't want to be on the spot, but I forced her to do it. She was a good sport and I, I didn't force her. She... She opted in after me convincing her, and she was happy to do it. Our dog, Maggie Rose, was very concerned while I was interviewing Kate, but eventually she calmed down and uh, just laid there. So you might hear her snoring in the background. But in all seriousness, everybody who's been on this podcast, I thank you so much. I have done over 100 interviews in this year, which is really quite something. So between what I've done for the Berman Hour on Instagram, 
what I have done for the Berman Hour on this podcast and the interviews that I've done for work at Hello Productions. It's been interesting, and I've learned a lot about myself by learning a lot about a number of tremendous guests. There were some guests that I didn't like at all, and that's bound to happen, but it didn't stop me, and I look forward to seeing the Berman Hour podcast continue to grow. So thank you to all of you who have been listening this entire time, or if you're new, I'm happy to have you on board. So thank you again, and enjoy my interview with my very lovely and very pregnant wife. She's the best. She is the fucking best. Miss Kate Warwick. So. I don't want to be doing this. (laughs) (laughs) So you were my first guest a year ago. And we did it on your birthday, which is May 2nd. So we're a little bit beyond that because it's the 10th right now. But I think the first question I asked you last year, because we were talking about your artwork, and we have so much more to talk about this year. But mm-hmm. I think the first question was, do you have a muse for your artwork? And why is it me? Zoe, <laughs> <laughs> you asked me. <laughs> I don't remember what I said last year. Do you remember what I said last year? I think you laughed and that was it. Oh. Anyway, how are you? Exhausted. Right now. I'm really tired. Did you take a nap today? No. No. Are you going to take a nap today? What time is it? It is three o'clock. No, probably not. Oh my goodness. Everyone just keeps calling you. Well, it goes to all these different devices. (laughs) Wolf, wolf, <laughs> not wolf. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get wolf cola confused with wolf? wolf? <laughs> yeah. Nah, man, send me a wolf. All right. So since the last time we spoke, our lives have changed quite a lot. Am I supposed to look at you while we're talking? Yeah, we're supposed to have a conversation. <laughs> I'm so used to doing podcast interviews with people through the computer. Now that I have one in front of me and it's the person that I live with and I'm married to. It's really uncomfortable. Yeah. Well, last year I wanted to talk to you about your artwork, but this year I want to talk to you about your artwork plus the reason you're so tired. Mm-hmm. Why are you so tired? Because I'm eight months pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This is as good a time as I need to ask. Is it yours? Is it mine? <laughs> I hope so. (laughs) I mean, there must have been a lot of people sneaking in and out of our house during quarantine. I mean, I don't know. Yes, it's yours. (laughs) All right, good. I'm just going to go on record and say that if it turns out years from now that the father was some Amishman named Zebediah Brubaker, I think I'd be really upset. (laughs) Is Zebediah a real name? Zebediah Springfield from The Simpsons. Who's not a real person, fictitious, but still. (laughs) All right. So the last time we spoke, you weren't pregnant. We didn't live in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. We didn't have a dog. And the world was just turning to shit. Now the world is total shit. But you had a really good 
year with your artwork under the moniker The Art Amateur. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. Can you explain again the reasoning and the idea behind that namesake? Oh, yeah. I ripped it off from an 18th century home journal. <laughs> Much like you ripped off your name. <laughs> I don't know pants. what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> from a German movie and book, actually. There's some German patent lawyer right now listening to this. Like, <laughs> I've got him. This divided heaven, I've got him. No, so the art amateur was a, a home journal, like a old school vintage magazine that more resembles what a modern day newspaper, if those exist still, look like. Devoted to bringing art into the household. Was it in the States or was it in Europe? believe it was here oh. i own one we have one it's in my office oh interesting from the 1800s and i just thought that it was really beautiful and i liked the name and i you know every artist was once first an amateur so every person at some point so yeah i had an affinity felt an affinity to that and i really liked it and i kind of just ran with it did you start painting First, or were you dabbling in other mediums? I've always painted first. I've, I've always painted ever since I was a kid. Just random, abstract, nonsensical things. It's kind of my forte. I can't paint anything that looks like it came from the 18th or 19th century Victorian vibes. I would love to if I could, but I just, I don't have that skill set. Mine's more modern and abstract. You've also you stumbled upon something recently that works well for our situation because we're having a baby soon. Yeah. So the idea is that babies aren't supposed to be inundated with a lot of really bright colors right away. They can't see bright colors. They see in like high contrast, black and white is more stimulating. Right. So we have a couple of your lovely paintings in the nursery room and they look great. Thanks. Was that kind of an intention to continue on that path once you found out that you were pregnant and you found out that information or was it just happenstance? I would like to continue making high contrast sensory artwork for nurseries. I think it's pretty fun and interesting and cool. Um, That's funny. I was telling Ileana that the other day, our postpartum doula, (laughs) um, that I wanted to paint like that after You know, I get back to painting. Well, have you been painting while you've been pregnant? Off and on, not as much as I would like because it's hard to do. You mean physically? Yes. Yes. The really big belly. And just for precautionary reasons, just safety. You know, you need to have like open windows and air purifiers. and. It's not optimal when you have a bun in the oven. No. To be breathing in all that stuff. Where was the germ of this idea from? You know, you said that you had painted pretty much all your life, but you hadn't for a while. And then when did you really begin doing these sorts of art sets and these sorts of abstract paintings under the Art Amateur moniker? Started doing it before we moved, before COVID. I had an art show in L.A. in February, and then I was supposed to have another one in March. That got canceled because of COVID. Mm -hmm. That was a bummer. That was going to be in downtown. Um, But that was all my abstract fluid artwork. I think I just did it because I wanted to and I wanted to do something artistic. And I was working 
at the food pantry and I had extra time on my hands. And I really like black and white and I really like black and white fluid abstract paintings. And I wanted to see if I could do it. When you begin doing these sorts of paintings, do you have an idea that you're trying to chase down from the beginning? Or are you kind of going with the moment as it takes you to different areas of experience and different areas of interest while you're doing this? I feel like any time I've ever started out with having an idea of what I wanted something to look like, it does not come to fruition. And I am very disappointed. So it's best if I just throw a bunch of paint on the canvas and see what happens and use different techniques such as blowing air through a straw (laughs) what does that do it moves the paint differently than using um, a blow dryer or um, just using your mouth to blow air or using pouring oil which I'm allergic to by the way I have to wear gloves when I paint versus using um, flood There's just different things that you can add to your paint to make the paint kind of move and the textures fall together and look a little bit different. Right. It's fun to play around with. Well, you've been doing the mail order thing for a long time. It's been over a year. Yeah. And it's been, you know, an interesting year to get into doing mail order with (laughs) how things have gone. But you also have a stand at a brick and mortar store. I do. Yeah. So yeah, I opened an Etsy shop last year. And then when we moved here, my work is at Building Character on North Queen Street in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. That's so cool. Which is like the coolest place to have your work being sold. And that street in particular. Have you diversified though? Like what else are you selling or what else are you making at this point? Well, during COVID, I was watching a lot of, uh, Christine McConnell, because I follow her on Patreon, and she had craft-alongs, and I um, didn't have any of the materials for the very first craft-along she had, so I kind of did something similar, like a Jace. (laughs) (laughs) Peter Rosenberg would be proud I said that. And then someone that follows me on Instagram wanted to buy it, and so I made her one, and then she wanted to buy something else, and then it kind of just turned into this thing where I started making uh, wood wall plaques that are kind of gothic and spooky and Halloween-esque. And then from that, I started making pendant necklaces and tea steepers and earrings and pins, like brooches, that all have that sort of the same vibe. And then I started making like candles and wax melts and Stuff like that. And it's all a building character and my Etsy store. So you've got paintings. Yeah. You have sets of paintings. You have candles. You have wax melts. You have necklaces, brooches, tea steepers, tea sets, T-shirts. And stickers. Yeah. It's been a hit. <laughs> you and I collaborated on a T-shirt that has done really well. That was my idea. And it was your idea. The kindness is punk T-shirts. Do you remember where you heard that phrase for the first time? Yeah, it's on um, my desk in my office in an age of performative cruelty. Kindness is punk as fuck. Be punk as fuck is where it comes from. <laughs> it's on my desk. Want me to go look really quick and get back to you? 
<laughs> so you can stole you, the art amateur. Can you pause this? I can go <laughs> no. check. No, you stole the art amateur. I stole divided heaven, and we collectively stole the phrase "kindness is punk." Hey, they said kindness is punk as fuck, and I just changed it to kindness is punk. Yeah. So that more people <laughs> not be jerked off by swear words. I don't know. All right. Well, we're jo- better on the sticker. We're joined by another guest we have at the moment, Maggie Rose Berman. Maggie, do you want to say anything to, to the people in the podcast land? No, she's just going to stare she's at us. She's just going to stare at us. Hi, sweet face. Do you want to say anything into the microphone, Maggie? She doesn't talk in the microphone. She doesn't Come talk. On. Well, maybe she'll give us one of her big yawns that's always so vocal. I love those. And it makes you yawn. Because I'm pregnant. Something I've been asking a lot of guests recently has been this idea of year lost slash year gained. Everybody practically lost something in the past 13 or 14 months because of this pandemic. But I'm curious of anything that you feel that you gained, be it physical, literal, figurative. What have you gained? Other than your son who's in my stomach right now? Well, that's a big one. Yeah. <laughs> that's one. And the magpie. The dog. And the magpie. And it's like a means of distraction or release or creativity. And there's a quote that says, art is the only way to run away without leaving home, which I always really liked. So I guess there's that. But I think from a very young part of my life I always wanted to be an artist and it took me a really long time to actually do it and because of COVID I definitely had time yeah to do it and it's not easy and it's hard work and it's especially hard work if you're pregnant and really tired all the time and you can't like move your body the same way that you used to I don't know. I was just, I was really hoping that the world was going to get better. And I'm still hopeful for that, although it looks like it's maybe not going to work out that way. There's going to be another Berman in the world, though. That's a good thing. Yeah. And we will raise him right and he'll be a good person. Or they will be a good person. (laughs) (laughs) Just so everyone knows, I really wanted a girl. So. boy changes his mind and wants to be a girl i'm totally okay with that just throwing that out there 100 percent honest and serious or if you get the sense that kate is forcing him to wear dresses i thought about it thought about it i did i was like why why can't boys wear dresses okay so we've talked about your art now i'm curious what it's been like for you as a born and raised valley girl from the 818 Los Angeles, California, living in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Oh, it's great, you know. <laughs> Are you Sarah Palin? What is that? It's going to do the Fargo accent. Oh, yeah. Work. <laughs> that exact accent doesn't even exist here. I love Lancaster. I think that it's a very special place. And I can't really tell you what it's like living here because we've been in quarantine for the, the entire time part of here yeah. so i've i mean i remember what it was like visiting here before and it was amazing and it's very special and 
great entertainment and shopping and restaurants and Central Market. And it's a very inclusive neighborhood. Very gay friendly. There's so many flags that say hate has no home here. But then, you know, we've been in the house and we've had, you know, family who was sick and now I'm pregnant and uh, can't really venture outside like we normally would. Right. But we do. You know, we get out. We go for drives. We see things. We go to parks. You know, we're just not doing anything with crowds of people. With Yeah. With friends socially. Yeah. There is no way I would want to be eight months pregnant in Los Angeles in our tiny apartment. Oh, my God. Can you imagine that? <laughs> with a dog. <laughs> with a dog. Pregnant. Walking up those, like... In a Studio City apartment. Three flights of stairs. Yeah, I'd say it's worked out pretty well for us. It's yeah. worked out pretty well for us. And I think it's worked out really well for you and what you're doing with the Art Amateur. Thanks. I remember last year you were twirling your hair because you were nervous. And now you're just rubbing your belly. You're just going like this. And he's in... He's crooked right now, so it feels very strange. You know, we're in the room that we were in when you told me that you were pregnant. Yes. Do you remember what you said? Oh, my goodness. (laughs) We said like three times in a row. (laughs) I didn't know what to say. (laughs) Like, I know how it happened. (laughs) We were trying to get pregnant. It's not like it should have been a shock. I think I was just shocked that it happened so quickly. So quickly. Yeah. I feel like it was, I don't know. Do you want to talk more about our sex life on your podcast? <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> so recently when you did that thing with the thing, that was really fun. That <laughs> <laughs> was fun. Uh, all right. So, and we've been nesting. So, Recently, I can say this, and I think this is a fair assessment. You haven't been as focused and working as much on on creating new stuff for the art amateur because we've been nesting and getting the nursery ready and getting everything ready for mm-hmm. our son's arrival, which is so weird to to say. And also spending time with the magpie, our eight and a half year old chocolate Labrador, who's looking at me right now because she doesn't understand what's happening, but. What has been your favorite part of this nesting process and getting everything ready and picking out baby equipment and clothes and all this stuff? What's been your favorite part or some of your favorite parts of that? Well, I was very determined to create a little baby library. So I asked everybody in lieu of sending a card or what have you to mail us a book and like write a note for the baby in the book. And that's been one of my favorite things. 30 books from your mother that were yours when you were a child. <laughs> or Fraggle Rock and Puppet Baby books that I've never seen before in my entire life. Uh, yeah, I was a little bit obsessed. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> but no, it was very important for me to... Okay, I'm just going to back up. I'm very against... And anyone that has a kid that has ever looked at baby clothes or gender reveal or gender stereotyping and creepy and like sexualized and sexist, some of these baby things are just like really weirded me out. So I really was determined to create something that was gender neutral. So our nursery is gray and it's like celestial themed There's stars everywhere 
and there's black and white accents and our baby clothes are like black, white, and gray and can be worn by either a boy or a girl. And I just don't like the, you know, unfortunate gender stereotypes that we throw onto children. So like there's some like really strange things out there yeah. like I'm like a little boy onesie that's like I'm coming for you ladies it's just like really tacky or like a girl outfit that's like my dad has a gun and I'm just like what the <laughs> hell is this but like oh my goodness so I was determined to not have that and to just you know raise our kid right like I'm I'm on gonna be honest I was very disappointed we were having a boy <laughs> Because <laughs> it's gonna be on the record. That's He's okay. Hear this someday. That's okay. Oh my but goodness. I he, he can know. This is important because, and I said this to you, like the world doesn't need another white male <laughs> taking up <laughs> residence in it. So uh, we just got to raise him the right way. At least he'll be Jewish. That's all I got to say. <laughs> Will he? <laughs> yeah, he'll be he'll be Jewish as ish. <laughs> Jewish ish. <laughs> he'll be an ally. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So we have like my baby's first book of feminism for boys. And I have a bunch of like witchy board books like C is for coven, like something like a little out of the box. That's not so stereotypical. Stereotypical. That's been my favorite aspect of this, I think, has been watching you with grace and finesse maneuver around the stereotypes in order of the things that were surrounding him with books, clothes, paintings, posters, you you name it. I honestly feel like the most insulting piece of clothing that we have for him. Is something from your childhood? (laughs) No, no. (laughs) Somebody got us a red hot chili peppers onesie. And I know that that's going (laughs) to. I hate them. I like the chili peppers. I know. But they're very. I hate them. But you like them. So it was funny. Yeah. Oh, they're the worst. I know a few people that are going to be offended by that. But no, in all seriousness, I think that's been my favorite part of, of this nesting experience has been watching you try to think outside the box, so to speak, in terms of what we can deliberately use to positively influence him and his development, you know, even at such a young age, because that's something I guess I never really took into account. I never took into account the inherent stereotypes or the inherent sexism or the inherent, you know, uh, weight or gravitas that comes with gender. Yeah. It's bananas. It's it's quite remarkable. And at such a young age, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of gross, actually. We really, as a society, should really stop doing that. Well, some people do gender reveal parties that start forest fires. And kill people. And kill people. We didn't do that. We had a candle lighting ceremony that was supposed to... <laughs> just one flame, one solitary flame that was supposed one to showcase... candle. Blue or pink. Blue or pink. It did eventually. It did eventually, but it was rather anticlimactic. We also did cupcakes with our family. Yeah, we though. did cupcakes with our family. Yeah. That's true. That was very sweet that and cute. And in, in all instances, we preface this with this is what his their genitals are currently right now. But doesn't mean that they'll stay that way. It's totally OK either way. So, yeah, I felt like that was really important to say. 
And I don't understand, or I don't not understand. I don't remember when gender revealing became like such a thing. So. I mean, if it's an excuse to have some cake or some cupcakes. Oh, I'm, I'm totally down. down with that. Yeah. Those are some good cupcakes. Those are very good cupcakes. Kudos to Lancaster Cupcake yeah. for making those. They're very good. Yeah. I don't remember when that became a thing too, where people are very I shooting off cannons with confetti and dropping stuff from helicopters and. It's just unnecessary. Yeah, but cutting into a nice a nice piece of cake. It's yeah. yum. Because chances are, I always wondered if people made two cakes, one of each. <laughs> and then it's like, well, we're not having a boy, but we have this extra blue cake that we have to eat. <laughs> you know, there's worse problems to have. There's worse problems to have. All right, so what is next for the art amateur? Your Etsy shop is currently closed because we're... Close to having any a baby. moment. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's it's half closed, so you can still get our stickers and shirts on there because it's very easy to wrap that up. But it's very hard to package up a painting and the wall plaques and yeah. all that kind of stuff, and so that's just harder to do. But I can I can stick a sticker and a card and put a stamp on it and give it to our mailman Tom. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's very easy. So that it's it's open slightly. Yeah. And, and my shop at building character. The shop is at building character. There. Which for those that don't know, that was my those were my stomping grounds when I was a teenager. The three hundred block of North Queen Street in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. There were two venues there that were both in the back of record stores. Those venues are long gone. There's still some record stores there. There's lots of tchotchke shops, uh vintage clothing shops. And building character is kind of an amalgamation of everything that's ever existed on that block, whether it's artisanal honey to furniture to paintings, plaquettes and clothes, clothes and movie posters, movie posters and kindness punk t-shirts. So yeah. Yeah, it's three warehouses filled with different booths all set up with amazing creative things. Yeah. All right. How are you feeling? Are you excited to have a baby? Scared? You know, I'm excited. I'm nervous. I don't think I'm scared. But I'm very big now. <laughs> and the only way this thing is coming out of me is to come out of me. So it's a little it's a little nerve wracking. It'd be nice if he was here soon, but then not too soon because I'm still nesting and the house isn't done yet. Yeah. I just rearranged our living room. Yes. Well, you took the dog for a walk. <laughs> I'm nervous too. I have to admit, mostly excited, but also nervous, eternally ill prepared. But I think that's just life, right? You know, you're eternally ill prepared for having a baby. I've at least been around babies. <laughs> I mean, I've been around babies too, <laughs> but I guess I never really paid attention. I was always kind of secondary, you know, to whoever was parenting at the time. Yeah, I've lived with my niece and nephew. Yeah. So I was just lucky. Yeah. been around kids in a different capacity but i'm not i'm it's weird i'm not nervous about the birth i'm nervous about the baby and bringing him home <laughs> oh. like that see i'm more nervous about the birth than i am yeah. about bringing him home that's funny well then it'll even itself out now i got this i got this you got this i got this all right well that's one of my birthing mantras 
Yes. I got this. You got this. You're amazing. You're beautiful. I love you. I'm so grateful that you are my wife and going to be the mother of my child. And thank you for being the first guest on the Berman Hour. And thank you for coming back for the anniversary episode. Are you getting kicked? Yeah, sorry. (laughs) It's really hard, actually. Right. He's running out of room. My son's in there kicking his way out. Yeah, let's not let's not have that happen. I think he's going to be a guest on the Berman Hour podcast. Uh, just whining in the background, yeah. or I'll just interview him, and he'll just be goo goo gaga, goo goo gaga, and pooping and crying. Well, did you happen to mention on any part of your podcast that you're like the baby whisperer when it comes to your music? Oh, that's true. Yeah. Well, I can't take credit for it because I covered a damn Beatles song. So it's the Beatles or Baby Whisperers. Beatles songs are always good for babies. I just happened to cover a Beatles song and release it recently. And it apparently makes babies stop crying. It makes babies stop crying. So if you're out there and you're Try a parent it. and you have a baby that won't stop crying, go to Divided Heaven Spotify's <laughs> page. <laughs> Click on In, In My, My Life, Life. <laughs> and listen to yours truly do a wonderful, accurate rendition of that Beatles classic. And it will soothe your beast-like child to sleep. And if it doesn't work, then email me at thebermanhour at gmail.com and let me know. We'll send you a sticker. I'll send you a uh, consolation prize of some sort. (laughs) (laughs) Or a dirty diaper. (laughs) All right. I love you, baby. Thank you very much. I love you. there you have it it's been a year one hell of a year and uh i'm cautiously optimistic about what the rest of 2021 looks like as compared to the pure hell and pessimism that i was feeling a year ago when i did the first berman hour podcast episode and looking forward to what was in store for the rest of 2020 but you know let's keep that in mind as we move forward in 2021 We all lost something in 2020, and unfortunately, a number of us lost a lot more than other people did. So we should seek those people out and help those people because, yeah, sure, the stock market's doing great. Sure, the economy's doing great. There's a lot of people that are still hurting out there. There's a lot of people that lost people close to them this year to this pandemic, and uh, we got to look out for each other. So I'll leave you with that. But thanks for listening. And more to come. The best is yet to come on the Berman Hour podcast. Until next week, peace.